Welcome to the UTG at Work podcast. I'm Deacon Mike Houghton. I'm the executive director of an apostolate called UTG at Work. Our mission is to help women and men joyfully live their faith and witness to Christ in the gospel in the workplace. I'm happy to be with you as we explore the Sunday gospels in ways that help people who work. You can find this podcast as well as helpful articles, videos, and other materials on our website, which is utgatwork.org. You can also subscribe to this podcast through Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and other podcasting sites. This weekend, we celebrate the second Sunday of Advent, and our gospel is a reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in Isaiah the prophet, Behold, I am sending my messenger ahead of you. He will prepare your way. A voice of one crying out in the desert, Prepare the way of the Lord, make straight his paths. John the Baptist appeared in the desert, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. People of the whole Judean countryside and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the Jordan River as they acknowledged their sins. John was clothed in camel's hair, and he wore a leather belt around his waist. He fed on locusts and wild honey, and this is what he proclaimed. One mightier than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop and loosen the thongs of his sandals. I have baptized you with water. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Try to imagine, if you will, what it would be like if John the Baptist were to return today, announcing to all of us that we need to prepare ourselves because the second coming of Christ is imminent. There he would be at the River Jordan, preaching fire and brimstone and warning people to repent from their sins, reform their lives, and make themselves ready because the end is near. Jesus is about to return, he would yell to all who would listen. Reform your lives and repent before it's too late. And, just like when John preached repentance some 2,000 years ago, there are many people who would listen to him. Why? Because we're wired by God for truth, and when we find truth in our complicated world, we're attracted to it. But, remember that this is 2023 and life is more confusing today than it was 2,000 years ago. So, off to the side of the River Jordan, there would be numerous safe spaces where people who were offended by the truth could find coloring books and Play-Doh in a judgment-free zone where they could hide from the intolerant words of John and be cuddled in love for just who they are. And the media would be out in droves looking for dirt on John, trying to prove that he was actually part of a larger conspiracy, perhaps with the Russians. And social media would be blowing up with people spouting uninformed opinions about what they professed to know about what John was really saying. Okay, so admittedly that's a bit of a shot at our culture, but I dare say that John's message of repentance and reform would not be universally accepted today in our world of relativism and inclusion. John preached a message that was bold. He was in your face. He said, it's time to clean up your act. The one to come after me is holy beyond anything you can imagine. He'll come with power like you've never seen before. So button up your chin straps and get ready. And yet, 2,000 years ago, people flocked to him. We hear in today's gospel, people of the whole Judean countryside and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the Jordan River as they acknowledged their sins. Just let that sink in for a moment. People from all over the country were going to him to confess their sins. Why would so many people come to him? His clothes smelled like a camel, and he ate locusts and likely never brushed his teeth, so he probably had some very bad breath. One would think that he would be shunned. But they came to him because he spoke the truth. And whether people liked that truth or not, they knew that they needed to hear it. 
Why? Because they too were wired by God for truth, and when they found it, they were attracted to it. And what is truth? Jesus himself said, I am the way and the truth and the life. But God, in his great love for us, gave us free will. And in so doing, he gave us the ability to cling to false truths. Mind you, that doesn't mean that we're convinced from the start that these false truths are something that we should believe. But over time, we can be enculturated to believe them. That is, unless we're grounded in the truth enough to know that we're being fed a lie. This process of enculturation has been used time and again over the course of history, and it's sadly very effective. How many people were enculturated into the Nazi way of thinking, and how many lives were lost before it was stopped? How many people were misled by David Koresh into joining the Branch Davidians before the FBI raided them and 79 people died in the fire that followed? Yes, evil can and does exist in our world, and false truths are everywhere. False truths can come from a number of different sources. They can come from the devil himself. As Jesus said to the Pharisees in John chapter 8, You belong to your father the devil, and you willingly carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in truth because there is no truth in him. When he tells a lie, he speaks in character, because he is a liar and the father of lies. But because I speak the truth, you do not believe me. False truths can come from our own concupiscence, as some will simply choose to sin over goodness because the sin brings them pleasure. That pleasure can sometimes be tempting enough to cause us to do what we know is wrong. And sometimes false truths come from a simple denial because the truth is hard. Cardinal Renero Cantalamessa said, Man prefers the quest for truth over truth itself because once the truth is found, it must be adhered to. Now, the goal of this podcast is to relate things back to the workplace, and so I'd like to take a moment to discuss the false truths that we see in that world. Sadly, false truths are all too common in the world of commerce. For as long as man has existed, deceit in the workplace has been an issue. The book of Proverbs was written 3,000 years ago, and Proverbs chapter 11 says this, False scales are an abomination to the Lord, but an honest weight his delight. Fast forward to today, and it's no different, though it's much more sophisticated. We've seen false truths all around us in the modern business world, from the Enron accounting scandal in 2001 through the FTX scandal of today. Greed, I'm afraid, is alive and well. But UTG at work is not a financial watchdog. We're all about the faith. And in the corporate world today, there are plenty of false truths going on in this area as well. Many corporations have adopted policies that seek to eliminate faith from the workplace, which, in and of itself, is wrong. People of faith need to bring their whole selves to work, and that includes their faith. But it gets worse. Many corporations today have not only abolished faith from the workplace, but they have made an effort to enculturate their employees into accepting other false truths, which we know from our faith, are wrong. Today we see our government and many companies spending countless dollars on training programs which seek to convince us that the biblical truths that we've held for the past few thousand years are suddenly false. This is quite reprehensible. We who are people of faith need to be aware of what's going on, and we need to be grounded enough in our faith to know that we're being fed a lie. Now, how we go about addressing the false truths of today is a point of debate. Some think that we need to put it all on the line and fight back with reckless abandon. Any of you who follow UTG at work know that that really isn't our approach. We believe that truth will prevail and that it's far better to light a candle than to curse the darkness. 
but our reality is that we don't have a unified voice in how to push back as people of faith in the workplace. Case in point, I wrote an article last week called How to Respond to Happy Holidays. I proposed a strategy that involves going with rather than against such a greeting. You can read the article on our website. It was also published in the Detroit Catholic this past Sunday. As a result of that article, we had some new people sign up as members of UTG at work, which was great. But we also got some negative feedback from people who objected to this approach, believing instead that we need to push back and be more aggressive about correcting others with a stirring reply of, Merry Christmas. I suppose that if you follow the example of John the Baptist, those who objected with my approach are correct. But I also think that John the Baptist would have a hard time holding on a job in our day and age. And many of you who follow UTG at work have families that rely on you to bring home an income. So you can't be preaching fire and brimstone to everyone you meet. But there is one thing that I think we can all agree on, and that is the fact that Jesus is the truth, and we cannot allow ourselves to be enculturated into following false truths which go against what he taught us. Now, exactly how you do that in your workplace is something that you need to pray about, always seeking the guidance of the Holy Spirit in the unique circumstances that you face. We here at UTG at Work have these podcasts, as well as articles, workshops, and conferences to help people in this journey. The response to our ministry has been great, with many people resonating with our mission. The sad truth is that there are many, many Catholics and Christians in the workplace today who are confused about how to respond to the false truths that they see, and they're looking for something to help them navigate through the confusion. As much as we love our churches, they don't tend to offer much guidance for the working world. And so we at UTG at Work continue on with this mission, trying to fill a void that needs filling. When the end comes, the truth will prevail. Our job as faithful disciples of the Lord is to do what we can to bring that truth to light before Jesus returns, including at work where we spend much of our time. In this Advent season, may we all find the wisdom to rely on the Holy Spirit for guidance in how we do this. And may we all find the apostolic boldness to do whatever it is that we're called to do in our real-life circumstances. Thanks for joining me for this week's UTG at Work podcast. I look forward to meeting again next week. In the meantime, I encourage you to boldly live your faith in the workplace in the week ahead. I'll pray for your success, and I ask that you pray for the success of this UTG at Work apostolate. If you want to learn more about us, please visit utgatwork.org. Now go in peace, glorifying the Lord by your life.